Hey folks, uh, just a couple of quick notes before we get going. First of all, this is part two of the finale of Lore's Ark, so if you haven't listened to part one, uh, go back to the last episode in the feed. Uh, the other thing is that in about a week, we are going to be recording a side character questions episode. So if you have any questions about the show, um, about me or one of the players, about Dungeons and Dragons, about whatever, go ahead and send it to either at SCQ podcast on Twitter or to sidecharacterquest at gmail.com. All right, here's the show. As though you are just alone in a room standing. You feel as though everything has like melted away. Um, you're no longer looking at a woman wreathed in these this weird black glow um, with wings sprouting out of her back. You're no longer in this salty marsh. Um, you're no longer a uh, white giant white bobcat um you are a man uh who is standing in a, a just a space looking at a figure with a wide brimmed hat a large smile and traveling merchant's clothing and in that moment as their their smile spreads i want you to roll me a wisdom saving throw non-natural 20 okay um you wait is this against magic uh yes okay still non-natural 20 i need you to know that so as the um crag bobcat i get uh advantage on saving throws against any spell that targets only me nice so I rolled my advantage and it was a critical fail. So non-actual 20. Nice. Um, and also let me know if I succeed. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you whether you succeed in a moment. Um, so as you are, are standing in this space, the figure in front of you slowly just, well, not slowly, very unnaturally fast, like moves backwards and away from you. And you are left momentarily in pure darkness. A moment later, you see a, a light like glowing and, and bouncing off of your your face, like the the sort of rolling, ever changing light of fire. A moment later, you hear cracks and you hear screams. And a moment later, you feel someone's hand grabbing onto your shoulder and you turn and you look and you see a, a young half elf man who you recognize from your time as a wall climber. You look all you look towards him and he says, we got to get out of here, man. They're they're like, or no, no. What does he say? He says, hey, are are you doing okay? Come on, man, we got it. We got to get going. And you look uh, away from him and back around you and you see that there is a uh, a home in front of you, completely engulfed in flames. Um, you look to your left and your right, and you see more similar homes. You see your companions of many years running through the streets uh, with with packs, with clothes, with um, some of them carrying money and food. They've pulled from these homes just moments before uh, setting them ablaze. You also hear screams and you see uh, some small scuffles between your companions and just the people that lived in this town. As you are, are looking towards this house, you look through the window and see a small child crying, and you, for a moment, reach forward as if you were going to try to break in. But in that moment, you see a door on the back side of the house um, through this window. You see this door break open and you see a young man. Uh, he's human, so he he's basically a child to you. Uh, burst in 
wearing um, chainmail and a a tattered tabard, a tattered yellow and white tabard, as he he bursts in and he grabs this small child and picks uh, picks them up. This young man looks you dead in the eye, and you see just a burning, like, righteous hatred flowing from him to you. And in this moment, you feel that you are just as bad as everyone else. And in that moment as well, you recognize that this is an illusion that is being used against you. Uh, what happens when you succeed? Um, if the spell is of 7th level or lower, it instead targets the caster. <gasps> what? What? <laughs> spell turning what? sun? Welcome to the joys of a crag cat. What is the... I don't even know what this means. Um, so technically the spell has no effect on me and instead targets the caster. Oh my god. But that was beautiful. And hey, Ty. Hey, Ty. Yeah. Now I feel like Roderick is disappointed in me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, I imagine um, Lore understands that this is an illusion and he looks at the young man, which I'm going to pretend I don't know exactly what's going on and who that child is and who that young man is. And I look at him and just say, I'm sorry. And I look at the illusion of the half-elf and I just say, this wasn't what was supposed to happen. And then I look and I see the Saigoner and I say, fuck you. And uh, it's gonna bounce, yeah, it's gonna target him instead. Oh boy, oh boy, okay. Wisdom saving throw time. Oh man! Oh, I'm so excited. I, I this yeah. So I guess it's against his. I don't know if it automatic because it, all it says is the cat has advantage on saving throws against any spell that targets only the cat. Yeah. If the cat's saving throw succeeds and the spell is of seventh level or lower, the spell has no effect on the cat. Oh my gosh. So I imagine that I know that all of this is an illusion. Yeah. And instead targets the caster. And I don't know, I assume that he has to roll against his own saving throw. Yeah, um, and guess what they just got? What? A four. Bah, 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 bah. Fucking air horns come in. Bah, 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 bah. As you, you say. Let's see, wait, what's the bargainer's most horrific memory? Uh, because you know what? Fuck this guy. So as, oh, oh my gosh, okay. So as this this happens, the, this this space around you like bursts away from you. You are once again in that uh, blackness, and then which then pulls into you, and you are back into the uh, marshy loam. You're back as a crag cat, and standing in front of you is once again this woman with this weird black glow around them, and they look at you, and the smile slowly shrinks and then slowly turns and then you you were looking them and they fall to their knees their their hand starts to raise to their their face but the black glow uh, leads their hand like it's going to their face a little bit faster and then their physical arm just sort of falls to their side as their hands separate from their body. Sorry, as the, the sort of black glow around their hands separate from the physical body. The figure in front of you sort of falls forward and leaves a sort of glowing black shape in, in her wake, which just sort of sits there for a moment, head in hands, uh, with this just horrific, pained grimace on their face. They break for a moment and look towards you then just sort of have a moment of anger and burst backwards away from you you see them just rocket away blow themselves backwards uh, and out of this space you see um, all of the marsh that's surrounding you whip around and fade away as this person moves away you see the stone the brown stone with the um, sort of 
orangish metal return. You see the bear that had been close to you, that had been closing in. You see it completely disappear as it was just an illusion. You see the three other figures um, sort of collapse, and you see this woman with large wings laying on the ground in front of you. And uh, what do you do? Oh, um, what's... Is the black... Okay, so everything's shifting away. Is the that black spirit still there? The black like, spirit still... has shot um you you can see it um shooting out and away from you uh down the hallway that you had entered okay i run it is, it is moving feet. incredibly fast you can run after it but i just want you to know that it's running incredibly fast or it's moving incredibly fast um okay i run 40 feet okay as i run like when i get to the end of that 40 feet i jump into the ground okay okay Okay, so how far, and when I pop out, I'm lore, and I feel like I'm just, like, stumble forward, and how far away am I from it? Um, I would say maybe, that's reasonable, um, I would say maybe 60 feet. It's moving really fast, like, it is, it is... 60 feet away from me? Yeah. Fuck! Yeah. Um, ooh, 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 okay, okay, I just yell, fucking stay out, you haint! And I cast Create Water again and make it rain in a 30 feet foot cube. Uh, so the one edge of the cube is 30 feet away from me. So the far edge of the cube would hit the ghost or the spirit or whatever. I'm assuming the bargainer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm just fucking dumping water on the 10 gallons of water on it. On top of it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see how it handles this. Uh, yeah, so you see it, like, you see its form, like, shimmer and shake in a very, like, unpleasant way, but it continues on forward. You feel a a wave of hatred pass over you. Yeah, you stay the hell out of Mount Rena. You look around the room that you now find yourself in. Uh, There's just water pouring down the, the hallway away from you. There's these spectral, these fey uh, raccoons and, and mountain lions next to these unconscious, um, this unconscious dwarf, wolf, and, and ram, and then this unconscious woman with wings that are, are just rapidly, like, falling apart. And I look around at all this, and I look at the mountain lions and the raccoons. I've said it before. I've said it, uh, say it a thousand times. I fucking rule. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh. And I like just lift my club in the air and I just drop it and I say, fuck a haint. Say, all right, let's see what, what she's got to say for herself. And I walk up to the body with the wings. You said the wings are just going away. Yeah, they're they're just sort of like falling apart and are just sort of like a pile of feathers now. There's not a, there's not like a, um, a, any bone structure or anything in it now. Okay. So I run over to the body that just has wings kind of disintegrating, which is uncomfortable. Um, what's the storm look like? The storm looks pretty much the same at the moment. Like you, you, it's hard to tell from this, this vantage point that there's, you know, if you're if you're if you're in a storm, it's hard to say if the storm is a mile wide or a hundred miles wide. You know, when you're just looking up at the sky above you. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, I'll give that to you. Yeah, yeah I could see, I could see a starting part of, to... part of what you just said sounded like bullshit. It sounds but... like bullshit, but it's not, is it? Eh. It's kind of bullshit. No, I mean. It's kind of bullshit, but I'll give it to you. It's your world, whatever. Um, hmm. I have three spell slots left, and I think I know how I'm going to use them. Okay. First of all, I'm going to check the figure on the ground. Is she breathing? Is she alive? Like, is she she cool? Roll me a medicine check real quick. Oof. Oh, shit, my medicine's pretty good. Never mind. 23. Yeah, um, you can tell that that this person seems uh, like they're in pretty good shape. But as you as you sort of like flip them over to take a better look at them, you notice that there is 
what appears to be a crack going uh, across their face in the same vein that the other people's, you know, the other other people were. Uh, But instead of it being, you know, this sort of black glow uh, the way they had looked before, um, this crack is glowing with a a soft gold light. Well, that's not normal. And I'm going to (laughs) go ahead and just in case cast cure wounds on them. Cool. They heal 11 HP. They're they're breathing steadies considerably, uh, but they they still look, you know, pretty, pretty well off considering all things considered. And I look and I see that she's unconscious mm-hmm. and I just say, paints, man, they get they get the best of us. So I've heard never actually gotten been gotten by a haint, but shit like like fuck, man, <laughs> fuck. And I look I look at like the spectral raccoons and mountain lion. I'm like, they're just sort of nodding. Fuck, right? Okay. I don't know what sounds raccoons make. It's like a... Kind of... I don't know. And I look up at the... I look up at the storm. Mm-hmm. And I first cast Enhance Ability, Fox's Cunning. What does that mean? Which gives... That gives me... So I just touch my totem and... And like the last time I used that, I used Bear's Endurance, and I imagine that that made me look like sturdier. Mm-hmm. Fox's Cunning, I imagine you can't really see, but it gives me an advantage on intelligence checks. Gotcha. So I'm going to look up at the storm, and I'm going to cast Dispel Magic. Interesting, okay. And my idea is that whatever like effects the paint was doing onto this storm I might be able to get rid of. Okay, cool. This this is like, well, actually, first of all, so I have this intelligence. I want to do an arcana check to see if I can note whether or not the storm is as it should be an arcana or if I can swing it a religion check I- to see if I can tell whether or not the storm has been, is in an altered state currently from what it usually should be. I think Arcana would fit better here. Okay. 15. Looking over this this thing, you can tell that the intensity of it had, seems to be about the same when you came in as when you came in, um, and you believe that it has not has not changed, that it is it is exactly as it was when you entered. Okay, but is that like, would I know whether or not that is normal? That okay, so it is essentially abnormal. What? If it was abnormal, abnormal before, then it's abnormal now, and it was abnormal before. Okay, then I'm gonna try with my last spell slot of the game. Okay, I'm going to cast dispel magic. Go for it. An attempt to okay, so just to let you know, Ty, for this to work, it is a. Um, I am casting this. I basically have to make an ability check using my spellcasting ability. The DC equals 10 plus the spell's level. Okay, cool. I have it in my mind. Oof. Okay, and I get advantage because it is... Fuck me. My spellcasting modifier isn't intelligence, it's wisdom, so I don't have advantage on it. God damn it. I will it. let you, do you have like, do you have one of those forms that lets you uh, like do a different, do it wisdom instead of intelligence? Because I will let you retcon that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There because is, but, because but I don't I, feel like you would have made that, I don't feel like Lore would have made that mistake. But to do so well on the Arcana check, I needed Fox's cunning. I guess I can just roll and see what happens, huh? Yeah. Okay, so dispel magic. Hey Ty, roll on my die for me real quick. Low on it, you mean? Wait. Yeah. What did I say? Roll on it. Easy mistake. Yeah, just blow on my die. Okay. You can't blow through the pop filter. Roll in it. What'd you do? What'd you do? What'd you do? What'd you do? Hey Ty, that's a crit twenty. Yay! In that moment, Lauren vents the dab for the Dungeons and Dragons, or side character quest canon. <laughs> L- Lore just like, he rubs his hands together and he touches his totem and he just says, come on! And he casts a spell magic. Nice. Uh, yeah, you, what does is, what is spell magic look like? Actually, you tell me what it looks like as you calm this, this storm, quell this storm. I imagine I touch my totem 
and I say, come on. I like, I grab the tome with my right Jesus. hand. I say, come on. And I like do a cross movement with my left hand. Uh-huh. And just, it's almost like I'm erasing the spell. Gotcha. And I imagine that by the end product kind of looks like a dab. <laughs> okay, nice. Um, and a- as you do that, uh, what remains, there still appears to be a, a slight like wind, like cyclone um, coming out from the men- center of this place, but it's, it's so much more mild than anything that was there before. Um, and you feel, uh, you feel this like rush, this, this presence sort of flow through you that, that feels right as this, this temple you see these vines just sort of growing up the sides of the walls surrounding you and just just sort of enveloping like a a, a, a energy sort of sweeps over the space that you're in right now as the storm calms itself. And I just look up and I reach into my little pouch and I feel that there's nothing in there anymore. You know what? That's all right. And I just look at the spectral mountain lions and raccoons and I just say once again when y'all go back to your fey realm let everyone you know that I fucking rule (laughs) and I think we're gonna I think we're gonna end there (laughs) alright Cool. What a what a good line to end on. I fucking rule. Hey, me personally, I rule. Uh, um. So, uh, tell me. I, I was thinking that maybe you take us back to Mount Rena and no, like no, no, no. explore what happens between him and Fish. Maybe like he's able to convince Core that yes, he is his long lost brother, Lore. Like. Is her uh, long-lost brother lore? Maybe there's some sort of like he goes to the bar and drinks are free. But no, no, we're gonna end on I fucking rule. <laughs> it's almost it's almost as if these are uh, short, uh, short little story arcs that don't have time <laughs> to explore uh, all of the the intricacies um, that you might like. But tell me, um, what is it that that? Uh, let's do a little little brief epilogue. What do you think that Laura is going to do immediately after this? Um, I think it would 100% depend on what happened with Fish. Like, so if Fish didn't immediately just hate Lore forever after which I would totally understand if he did, then I think Lore would be open to hanging around Mount Rena and being there to, like, help Fish. If Fish was like, no, fuck you, you're dead to me, which I would 100% understand, I think Lore would just go back to the forest. If Fish was, like, nowhere to be seen because he ran away, then, like, I think... I think Lore would stick around. Because I think um, Lore has n- now found a... I think through his time with Fish, he's, like, remembered the benefit of just, like, human company. Or not human, but, you know, person-to-person interaction. I think, uh, let's... let's ah, man, I really, I really want to do a little scene right now, but I... I don't know if it's, if it's fair to, like, hop back to narration after we have like gone into epilogue do you want to just quick do this and then you can use it sometime in the future if you want to as the the storm calms itself in front of you you hear footsteps running footsteps echoing down the hallway behind you i probably immediately react by like picking up my club and shield again all right, come on. What you got? As you you turn around uh, and find yourself in a, a much smaller room, You're, you find yourself closer to the hall than you would kind of expect. This this space has sort of shrunk down. You turn and face a dwarven man running towards you. 
uh, with a long stick with just sort of sprouts growing out of it, a light green glow um, surrounding it, and a ball of fire in his hand as he comes to a stop and just looks around the space that, that you're in and his arms drop to his sides and the, the fire extinguishes itself and he looks at you. You you did it. Yeah, man. It's okay. I got I I figured it out. Hey, that was was that a shillelagh in a produced flame? Yeah, yeah, it was. And and you got in here by yourself. Yeah, the um the vines released me. Uh they they let me they let me come in. I uh drop I think Lord drops his uh, his uh, club and his shield, and he's like, "Hey, man, you fucking rule." And uh, Fish drops his uh, shillelagh, and he walks forward and just like bear hugs you, like picks you up, and uh, squeezes you know squeezes you in the air. And um, I think that's that's where we're gonna end this. Yeah, that's hey, that's a good, that's a feel good moment right there. That's a feel good moment. And then we both lift our fist into the air, and it's like a freeze frame. And then you and like, you pick him up, and then he picks you up again, and then you guys are just like going higher and higher, and then you look down and realize neither of your feet are on the floor anymore. And then I and then I use the uh, thunderstorm that I have control of, and we both die. Because <laughs> 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 Sorry, sorry. What do you think that Lore does immediately following this? I think what he does is exactly the opposite of what I was expecting when we started this arc. So when we first talked about this character, in my mind, he was a character who was like irredeemably antisocial, like fucking hated people and saw no good part in them. And I think when we started this arc, arc he very much was that Mm -hmm. but being with a friend and having to confront certain aspects of his past i think lore who is a person and not just like okay so he's a character but he's a character who is made as a person and not just like this character who didn't change at all i think he would be open to staying in mount renna for a period of time At the very least, he will be making regular trips back to his forest. Mm -hmm. But I think he's it's much more he's much more of a traveler than he was, if that makes sense. Yeah, he's he's now much more like, all right, you know what? I did this for you and fish. The best thing that you can do for me is make it so that I don't have to do this again. And he's going to like really I think he would really focus on training fish and he might even like reach out from that and try to reforge some connections that he broke with his fan like at the very least i think he would want to reach out to core yeah um his sister to like try to train her because i think that he knows like i know that one person in charge of nature in a like community that is constantly plagued by a storm is dumb yeah so I think the idea that is that he would train fish, yes, but also train core as like we like a mountain range does not just have one peak. It has multiple. Oh, that's beautiful. And I think he would work on like training fish and core to work together. That's beautiful, Eli. <laughs> yeah, I, I came up with it literally just now. So that's very good. Oh boy. All right. Um, yeah, so I, I'm really happy with that. He would go back and talk shit about those raccoons again, about <laughs> raccoon. Ringo? Ringo's got to get his act together. He's got to get his act together. All right. Well, um, I think that uh, with that, we're going to end uh, this this particular uh, side character quest. And um, yeah, this has been really great. I've, I've really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I got to say, it's weird because as much as I love Roderick, and like as hard as it hit me how his his arc ended it's almost harder to leave lore because i don't know if it's because i was with him longer 
or like he went through his arc challenged him in a way that Roderick's arc did not challenge Roderick. Yeah. So like Lore actually changed as his arc went, whereas Roderick was like, aha, I'm out here to kill skeletons and yeah. like didn't really change. So just having this character and I think that Lore is much more similar to who I am mm-hmm. than Roderick is. So it's like, but but I could do so much more with him. <laughs> oh, man. Ty, Ty, let me. You haven't taken him from me. Listen, <laughs> listen. These other, these other folks, these other folks got to get another chance at uh, re- at playing their characters again. Uh, For sure. Yeah, boy. So that that uh, I, I'm I'm into it. I, I guess that uh that now we're gonna wrap things up. How do you want to sign things off? You know what? Let's go back to a classic. Um, I've been your side character guest, Eli. I've been your side character host, Ty. That's it for this episode of Side Character Quest. Da 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 da. We're back, baby. <laughs> uh, oh man. Thanks to the Joy Drops for the use of Not Drunk as our intro and outro music. Find them at thejoydrops.com. You can find us at sidecharacterquest.com, at SCQ Podcast on Twitter, or by email at sidecharacterquest at gmail.com. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. your life was a little more spooky well what the heck hello everyone my name is jordan reed and i'm Lindsay reed and this is spooky spouses a podcast about ghosts and stuff tall tales although we went to dinner last night and you told the lady on our wait list that our name was cradge <laughs> Was it Cradge? <laughs> Creepy cryptids. There. Or Pizza Rat. Pizza Rat is pizza and a rat. Yeah, it's double delicious. He's a rat with pizza. It's like, yeah. oh man. Thank God there hasn't been a corn dog rat. Or you'd be eating that I rat. Think, you know what? I think, in my defense, if someone was like, you ate a live rat, I'd say, well, it was holding a perfectly good corn dog. <laughs> Monstrous goofs. Well, you could probably just put a video because, like, our tombstones will probably just be, like, videos replaying. They'll be, like, memes or oh gifts. Yeah. Our tombstones will probably just be gifts. That's that's one of the coolest things you've ever said. <laughs> Spooky spell. <laughs> Sorry, there's something stuck in my throat that whole time. Spooky Spouses, a part of the Scavengers Network and Viddy Space. New episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. Um. It. So. So now, post show. Uh. Let's do a little quick uh, post mortem. Do you have any questions about how things could have gone, or like plans that I had, or anything like that? Okay. So. I know that there were several moments that you said, "Oh wait." So like there were a couple of times where we had to postpone our recording sessions for one reason or another, and you responded with. Wait, I just came up with a much better idea for how Lore's art is gonna go. So, did you always intend for Silas to be the final boss, or? I will tell you that yes. Uh, the the bargainer. So, first of all, I will say that this whole thing, this whole difficulty that you have just faced, would not have existed if Silas's arc hadn't gone the way they did. God damn it! Okay, uh, listen, like. Listen, <laughs> the bargainer, the bargainer was not meant to be a a villain that other people would have to deal with. Um, so I recently re-listened to the whole <laughs> the whole podcast. Um, uh-huh. so uh, listeners, just, you know, at the time of recording Ellen's. We are at the the first episode of Quail's arc. Yes. Has just come out. Yes. Her first arc has just come out. And I recently re-listened to everything and I picked up on a whole bunch of things 
which I'm not going to go into because I feel like having someone piece together the pieces for you is no fun. But I remember um, partially with because Ty tells me not nothing that would affect how I play, but just, you know, two of us are close friends and we communicate a good bit. And I remember he he told me once, man, we were just so close to like a bunch of information coming out in the Silas arc. And listening to it the second time, I was like, man, it's just so frustrating. And it's totally understandable because like Dungeons and Dragons. And I think that like the way Silas's arc ends can hit anyone who's ever GM'd an RPG to the core because it's like this happens <laughs> like mm-hmm. Ty, what was the longest hiatus that we had for our D&D campaign? Probably like a year oh and a half, right? I mean, maybe not a year and I mean, at least eight months. At least was the we had, we had a campaign going between uh, Eli, uh, Mallory, and our friend Daryl, uh, where I was the DM, and and we like there were some long no, gaps. No, it was in that. a year. There was one that was there a was a, there was at least a year between two sessions, and yeah. and that happens. And the fact that um, you know, obviously that doesn't work for a recorded media. So Mm -hmm. you had to just be like, well, this is where the arc ends and we have to move on. And I remember listening to it being like, man, I wonder what would have happened. And now I know. Mm -hmm. But no, I super interesting. The um, when you introduce the haint lore with a lore with an E lore with an E when you introduce the haint folklore into this world. um, I don't I know. I don't think that you realized how. I did not realize how into it the you were. The trigger point that haints are for me and my upbringing. Um, so that was really cool, and I'm really excited. And I'm, I have so many theories that I've shared with you that I'm not going to share here because, like I said, I think it's more interesting to have people put the pieces together. But like, just the idea of haints and how that might affect at least the religion of Mount Renna, if not the mm-hmm. canon of side character quest. Yeah is so interesting to me. Uh, one thing I would like to point out for listeners is that um, when Eli, uh, or sorry, when Lore met Comstock, um, <laughs> Eli had not listened to the episode where Comstock first shows up. Um, so his his reaction was a genuine one of just like, no, I, I can't. I can't deal with this person, uh, which was, I, I really enjoyed. Yeah, so um, when we first introduced him to Comstock. The only NPC lore had dealt with was fish and all the animals, right? So like Ringo. Yeah. And those those poacher. well, poachers. Well, poachers might be not the right word, but the hunters, the hunters at least. They were poachers. Okay, that's fair. Hey, it's illegal to hunt on Lore's land. Um <laughs> so the way Lore has interact had interacted with fish up to that point was very much at the viewpoint of lore hates people fish is a person that he has known since he was a child so he gets special treatment so when lore entered ashburn and comstock popped up me eli was like i hate this guy i hate (laughs) him i hate him and I was like, if that's how me, Eli, feels about him, what does the lore feel about him? And lore's just going to turn right around and leave. And at first I felt bad because the idea of a antisocial player character is not great for the concept of a one-on-one Dungeons & Dragons podcast. It's mm-hmm. not good, right? Like, it's very, it's very bad. It's very much like, yeah. I'm, hey, Ty, I see your story. Fuck you. But <laughs> but I think I think I proved in the later episodes that I could do better. And I feel a little bit justified after hearing the first episode of Quail's arc where I'm like, actually, uh, still fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was I was totally down with it. Uh, Eli kept saying like, like, hey, are you OK with me bailing on this? Or do you do you want to like, do, you know, if, if you want this for the story, that's that's fine. I'll, I'll do it. And I was like, no, 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 no. Stick with stick with your guns. Keep it out. Hey, keep it going. Uh, any other any other curiosities? Any other questions about about things that happened? Um, I mean, can I make a few observations? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So I really I feel like this arc 
I want to say that, so my first arc was the fucking test arc with Eric. Yeah. And then I played as Roger. Technically, you had that that one arc before that. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. That did not even air. Yeah, no, it shouldn't have. Um, It shouldn't. (laughs) So we had, we played three one-on-one D&D campaigns of various sizes. So when we recorded Irk, Eric, that was like mm-hmm. the time. Uh, obviously, that was what I knew was kind of what was happening. When we recorded Roderick, I was like, okay, cool. So he's starting his canon. Mm-hmm. Now, with the things that you introduced in my arc, with we get a t- taste of Quail's arc. We get a taste mm-hmm. of Annie's arc. We get a taste of Silas's arc. We get a taste of Roderick's art, like Roderick's backstory. Um, yeah, th- it's very cool, like starting to see it all come together to a point where, like, I remember listening to earlier episode or earlier arcs, Annie, Roderick's, Silas, Deirdre, all those arcs. And I was like, I just don't see how they connect. How this all connect. I remember asking you at one point, like, so do you have any theories about the show right now? Because I had I had just like we had just done Deirdre's arc, which I felt was bringing things together. And I was like, oh, do you have any theories about like wh- or not bringing things together? But but I felt it was introducing some mysteries and like raising some questions. But no one picked up on the questions I was laying down. Um, and I asked you like, hey, uh, do you have any any theories about the world or anything like that? And you were like. I don't see what there is to have theories about yet. Yes. And and I was like, oh, shit, you're you're right. Like outside of my head, there's no reason to like piece all of these things together that I have like put down. Yeah. And listening back from after Alton's arc, uh, which was splendid, by the way, everyone should go and re-listen to it. Um, uh, uh, Mallory did a great she job. Did so good. And you did as well. Yeah. Um, Thank you. I re-listened to everything. I was like, holy shit. There are all these little pieces like me and my dumb brain was like (laughs) trying to focus on the NPCs, but was the setting all along. And that's all I'm going to say about the things I pieced together is like, think about the settings, because that's what you told me that to make me think about that. Um, But this arc, I think, was and I haven't listened to the rest. Like I've said, all I've heard is the first episode of quail's arc so i don't know how that ends alton's arc had a good bit of stuff in it but like this one was just so obvious i went to annie's public park that she makes i like <laughs> i love the i love the way you turn that as a public park we were talking off mic about that I, that's really yeah good. it's a public park right she's making a public mm. space a, a nice place for people to come to i fought the bargainer i had a flashback to something from Roderick's arc and lore now or Roderick at least in that moment blamed lore for it cool 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 tight 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 tight. and I imagine that that probably would have been the instance when lore was like you know what I'm out I'm going I'm living in the woods that's it there was a there was a thing that I wanted to have um that I wanted to have uh, fish say to you um, if there was an opportunity but but the thing is that he didn't run into you at a time when he could have said this like if fish and lore had run into each other on bad terms I was going to have fish say something to lore along the lines of you think that you're a guy who's running away from other people's problems but you're actually just running away from your own and like that that was what I think happened in that moment where in order to distance yourself from the terrible things that you had been a part of, you decided you doubled down, you tripled down on the idea that like everybody else was terrible and the world was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing about this arc that has hit me more than Roderick's arc is those connections with people. Mm -hmm. The idea of like, he doesn't have a lot of friends, but he has one friend sort of, or one like person who he can somewhat call a friend. And the part where he is at the temple and he has to make the, the decision 
that no, I'm not willing to risk Fish getting vaporized because he didn't pay the price. And like this idea that he had this past thing, I don't know, just the the emotions of this arc was a lot heavier than I was expecting them to be. Because me too, because of his past. Yeah, I was I was not expecting. I feel like you had a, a lot of like good character, like emotional character moments that I was not expecting. Like I said, Lore is a much more similar person. Like, I am more similar to Lore than I am to Roderick. Yeah. Like I've told you, every character I make is like, what is one aspect of me that I can kind of bring out the heaviest? And with Roderick, it was that I am a rule follower, and Roderick is a rule follower. With Lore, it was this, this love of nature and this total pessimism of how people interact with nature but also this weird mix of i don't really care for most people but the people i do care about i really care about and and also this like bravado that comes through sometimes but like like over the top to the point of almost being self-deprecating at times yeah that makes sense that sounds about right yeah that was that yeah that sounds right that one was not a conscious decision (laughs) um but we are going over on recording for a good bit so i'm just going to tell you about a couple things i prepared these spells for specific every spell i have prepared was for a specific reason i want to go you mentioned you wanted to tell me this so i have all my cantrips so i won't go over that the first spell i have is create or destroy water okay the reason i have that prepared specifically is because i feel like lore would not trust that any water that he got from mount Rena was pure (laughs) beautiful um love it the next spell so i did not prepare detect poison and disease specifically for the idea that lore would assume that everything is poisoned and or diseased nice okay i also did not get purify food or and drink specifically because um in his mind any food and drink that he got would be so corrupted that it wouldn't be worth it um i got speak with animals which is obvious he likes talking to animals enhance ability specifically because he knew he was going to a cold a cold place and did not have proper cold clothing yeah that makes sense hold person because if he saw a person that he didn't want to talk to he wanted to be able to paralyze (laughs) them and run away (laughs) nice um call lightning because it gave him some sort of ability over storms so i think his idea was like maybe he could use that to help with that with the with the storm makes sense Uh, conjure animals is sort of like a go-to i don't want to deal with this but i'm really good with animals so i'll make my animals fight them makes sense dispel magic because if there's a spell making yeah that that one's pretty obvious pretty obvious and then um protection from energy oh interesting gives him can give him resistance to acid cold fire lightning or thunder so the idea is if he had to go into the storm he could use that to give him some sort of lightning resistance yeah it also could have been potentially useful against those uh different corrupted creatures yeah and such if if you hadn't managed to distract them all yeah i gotta say um that uh, conjure animals was super useful the um spell turning of the crag cat was yeah. oh my god i so i i because it is specifically for spells that require a saving throw yeah and i was like not a whole lot of spells and it's it's a saving throw that is specifically targeting the character yeah so like if it isn't if it's like fireball or something it's not gonna work yeah but i was like but maybe this will come in handy and boy did it boy howdy it's it's crazy because like you know i had i had sort of uh i had taken the sphere spell and i had sort of morphed it a little bit which wouldn't have really mattered except that it did i did change it in a way that made it target just you yeah um and therefore it was affected by that thing um also the the reason i had it go the way it did is because 
Hey, hey, anyone about to play side character quest, grab yourself a blue <laughs> bottle. Trust me. Trust me. Well, I'll give you a, I'll give you listeners and uh, Eli also a hint. Uh, the next character is not going to be a dwarf and they will not be from Mount Renna. I don't believe they've ever been to Mount Renna. Um, so they probably do not are not aware of that particular cultural thing. They're not aware of the haints. They're doomed. They're not aware of the R.I.P. That person. R.I.P. That person. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to the next few episodes. Uh, I'm I'm pla- I've been planning them out for a while, and my idea is that these are going to be like hopefully they're going to be quail length. So they're going to be one to two episodes that are going to be jumping around, uh, jumping around the map, seeing places that we have not seen before. Ooh. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to share. Uh, I think I've, I've covered everything I specifically wanted to say. Um, I will say that, uh, some of the, the locations that you could have visited in Mount Renna included a uh, bathhouse. Oh, damn. Uh, Ty, that's um, my favorite shit. It's bathhouses. I, Man, sorry, man. I don't think it would have been uh, Laura's thing, though. I know, I know. I, I think I, I think I might have mentioned it at some point, and Laura was like, "Nah, dog." Um, but uh, that and like you could have gone to the forges that um, I believe your your parents work at. I was about to say, um, I imagine that like Laura thought briefly. Should I see mom and dad? Absolutely not. I like that. Absolutely even in not. the epilogue. Even in the epilogue, you didn't talk about visiting your parents. No, absolutely. That was like never. I I imagine that like his parents were never chill with his natural side of things. And then like when he became more soured on dwarf culture, it was like a I don't know. I imagine like almost a teenage rebellion scene of just him at the dinner table and like core as a baby in her high chair and Lord just yelling. This is bullshit and like flipping it, flipping his. <laughs> I'm out of here. Y'all don't even understand. And he lifts his flipping up his. Yeah, pinky. he flips up his pinky and like runs out. Nice. Um. Yeah, man, that's 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 about right. Uh, I, I think that's I think that's pretty much everything I wanted to to touch on. Do you have any any final questions? Or are you ready to ready to call it? Shit, dog. I gotta call it. I gotta work in the morning. All right, man. It's it's eleven oh eight. Yeah, I also have to work in the morning. All right, guys. Great session, dude. This is going to get cut and put in the bloopers. Like, I I don't want to say frown. What is what is the word for like opposite of a smile? Um, That's frown. (laughs) I can't make a raccoon sound. Please hold for paper flipping and looking away from the mic learning guys he's flicking me off guys roll 1p4 to select blooper you have selected repeat of host roll 1d10 to select return of Eli you have selected one Meaning Eli has arrived right now. No, 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 no.